1: Toronto.
0: I wonder if they can hear it on Long Island. 2-0. wiley Rostovic. Great save by Anderson. Riley stayed on
1: side. The late man Matthews. Great move. What a goal! Beauty. Austin Matthews.
0: Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hive into the net. Scores. He took fast down and his shot trapped in the corner. Episode 20 of Not Another Least Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ken Stayfond joined by Brendan McCarthy. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings book is giving you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between L.A. and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on that game. That's right. For every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one point. Brendan. I like the sounds of that influencing the odds every better who hammers the over under on Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game will lower the over under the best part of that is as the line lowers the odds remain the same even the money that's right you can double your money by hammering the over if that isn't enough excitement for you there's a huge title fight happening this weekend at UFC 258 don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on basketball hockey including the Buds and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app and the sportsbook today. Use promo code THPN on sign-up and hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when L.A. takes on Denver for every 1,000 people that you bet the over. In Sunday's game, the line increased by one point. Use promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. BMAC. The Leafs with a a monumental win over the Vancouver Canucks. That's two in a row. (laughs) And this Vancouver Canucks team is just leaking oil all over the road.
1: Wow. I mean, first of all, quite the milestone here, Kenny. Episode 20 of season two. I was looking up who used to wear jersey number 20. I see Bob Pulford. Absolute stud, if you recall that name. But uh, not a lot of uh, number 20s for the Maple Leafs.
0: I don't recall that name. It might have been a little bit (laughs) before
1: my time. (laughs) There's got to be something going on internally with the Vancouver Canucks. They look so lackadaisical, so lethargic. I mean, we knew the Leafs up front were this talented, but the Canucks just seem to be on a different universe or something, man. I mean... You saw Hopi after that fourth or fifth goal win, and he just looked absolutely stunned. Like, did you guys just forget what Travis Green said in the dressing room in between periods? I mean, he looks deflated. And, you know, people are always talking about which core four would you rather have? The core four <laughs> of Vancouver has not shown up at all. They have been completely dry, and Vancouver is, is in some choppy waters considering the success they had in the playoffs last year.
0: You talk about Holpe looking deflated on that last goal. To be honest, on the last one, I thought that was kind of his fault. Albeit, you know, I know that the Maple Leafs forward is forechecking in hard, but Holpe sort of plays it off the glass, ends up on Matthew's stick, and that's the last guy that you want it to end up to at this point in time because he's looking absolutely dominant. And so he comes in one-on-one with the goaltender, beats him, and I think Holpe was more pissed off at himself on that goal in particular. But he's also going to be getting frustrated at this point. at Vancouver's defense, I mean, they can't stop a nosebleed right now. And especially, you mentioned, after the playoff success that they had a year ago, I am stunned at the Canucks' performance so far this season. They have not looked competitive in either game against Toronto, either on Thursday or on Saturday. I wouldn't expect them to be competitive on Monday, and I would expect that if you're Sheldon Keefe, This might be a good time to try to sneak in Michael Hutchinson for a start. It's just been a train wreck for the Canucks. And Jimmy Benning, he can't afford to lose any more hair, but he's going to be pulling it out with the performance of his team on the ice.
1: So here's the thing, because when they played Thursday, you got to give them a bit of a break because that was their third game in four nights. So they're obviously not going to have their legs. If I'm Travis Green Saturday night after the loss, I am tearing a strip off of them. You have a day to recover, to regroup, to watch film and get ready to face the exact same team in the meat of a three game series set. And they come out flat again and get rinsed seven, three and five, one. I mean, they were lucky to, to squeeze one in there and, and not let Freddie get the shutout, which kind of stunk there at the end, but they got to get something going or there's going to be some, some rumblings going down soon in Vancouver, whether it be someone losing their job or perhaps a trade. I know Chris Johnson on Hockey Night Canada yesterday was was rumoring that there could be a trade involved for Drake Vertanen, who's been out of, in and out of the lineup this year and hasn't really been on the score sheet much.
0: I don't know where that station is in Vancouver, but I was listening to it this week, and you're saying there could be rumblings about a firing. Is that like they're ready to burn the city down out there with the performance of this team? It's it's a disaster. It's a train wreck they're ready for Travis Green's head, they're ready for Jim Benning's head, then there's going to have to be a sacrifice made to the gods if the Canucks continue to play this way. And I gotta be honest, I know that they lost to Foley in the offseason, I know that they lost Tanab. I know they lost Markstrom, but goodness gracious, like this team has just gone off the cliff. Like, and it's I it's not think I, any of those pieces were going to be that essential. Like obviously the goaltender is the one where you start a circle and say, you know, you will lose a top 10 goaltender in the league, arguably, like that's gonna affect the team, but but they just look like a shadow, like a ghost of themselves. Yeah. From the team and that we looked and saw last year in the playoffs.
1: But and it's not a drastically different team from last year, which is really what it's not is perplexing me and, and probably every Vancouver fan, including Grady Sass. And it's <laughs> It's very, very concerning, man. And you look at Braden Holtby, who, you know, Jacob Markstrom has, has really found his rhythm in Calgary. To Foley has clearly found his groove in Montreal. There hasn't been a sign for Holtby to be like, hmm, this is why I came to Vancouver. Or yes, of course, this is why I'm here. And this is a guy who has a chip and he's a premier goaltender. When you look at Vancouver, man, they're such a young group. Who is standing up in the locker room and saying, guys, this is ridiculous. We got to screw it on straight here. Maybe it's got to be Holtby. Maybe he's got to take on that role a little bit more, but something's got to change.
0: Brendan, I disagree with you that Holtby is a premier goalie in the league. I think he's aging. I think he's long in the tooth. I think he's past his prime, however you want to say it. He's got the relative experience, certainly. And you look at the championship they won as a member of Washington Capitals and Circle as saying he's a goaltender that's had both regular season success and playoff success, but this isn't, you know, 2016. It's 2021, and Holtby is not the dominant goaltender that he once was. I know they thought that between him and Thatcher Demko, they were going to be able to get probably quality starts from both of them, splitting the time about 50-50, but it hasn't happened. And, you know, in large part, I don't want to put this all on the goaltenders because the defense just hasn't done anything for them. Like we were singing the Hugh, the I was gonna say we are singing the Hughes praise. We were singing the praise of Quinn Hughes. In the last episode, he has looked, albeit still leading defenseman points in the league. He, he doesn't know what to do in the defensive zone.
1: His plus-minus like has got off. He's having difficulty
0: finding his coverage. It's it's horrendous. You yeah. look at you know them letting Chris Tanev walk in the off season. This is a guy who brought some stability. To the back end, you you know he wasn't a flashy player, but you know what you're going to get. You get some consistency, you get some veteran experience, and most importantly, he was making Hughes be able to play the style they wanted—that river boat gambling style. To talk about and cover up the mistakes on the back end. This team is not not a good hockey team right now. I think that they're like arguably Ottawa Senators could be a better hockey team. Than the Vancouver Canucks right now on paper. I don't know if it's a trade that's going to fix it, and even if you make a trade, what help isn't going to come right away? Pierre-Luc Dubois, like how long ago was that trade? He still hasn't drawn in for the Winnipeg Jets yet. So, like, what the hell Jim Benning has to do there? I don't know if it's Travis Green, but maybe, and maybe the Maple Leafs are just this good. Maybe the Maple Leafs and the Canadians are just this good, where. They're in a tier above all the other teams in this division because they're more balanced on the forward groups, they're more balanced on the defensive groups, again, getting quality goaltending. But my god, the Canucks are just a complete dumpster
1: fire. Meantime, the Leafs are nine two and one, best team in the NHL standing <laughs> wise. This is a Leafs podcast.
0: We're just fucking eight. <laughs> yeah, we went heavy on the Canucks. There.
1: We're a Leafs podcast, That's by the <laughs> way, everybody, eight one yeah, and one in their that. last 10. Kenny, Austin Matthews is on a different level. You know what's scary is when great players start establishing their rhythm and establishing their game and and make a highlight real goal. They don't need to showboat. They don't need to say anything. When Kevin Durant hit that clutch triple against the Cavs a few years ago, whatever, this is routine for me. Connor McDavid undresses the Leafs, little smirk, whatever. Mc, uh, Matthews just blows by uh, the Canucks D. I forgot it was on the ice then, but. Just whatever, just stone-faced. He's a cold-blooded assassin, and he's just going to keep building confidence from here. He's been sensational.
0: On that first goal last night, like, I felt bad for the Canucks defender. I I don't recall who it was that he just walked right by, but Matthews is coming in with a full head of steam through the neutral zone, and, you know, there's a little chip play. Hyman, how many times have we seen that? And I think it's going to be really difficult for Joe Thornton when he comes back into the lineup to re-establish himself on that first line because Zach Hyman has looked absolutely outstanding there with for the Toronto Maple Leafs and it's so again Han who sort of wins the one-on-one board battle chips it out Marner doesn't couldn't really get a handle on it but then here comes awesome Matthews just zipping right through the neutral zone picks up the puck dances around the defenseman and there you go with who by my estimation is the best goal scorer in Canada not the best player. I, like, I don't want Edmonton fans to jumping down my throat saying, McDavid and Dryside are better players. Like, whatever. That might be true in their overall game and the way that they've been able to dominate play at times. But five on five, for my money, there's no one I would rather have in the league than Austin Matthews if I need to score a goal. Because he just makes it look so easy. And that's what you need in, you know, the rigors of, I know it's on 82-game season. It's just a 56-game season. But you're going to need some easy goals along the way. Austin awesome. Matthews is a guy who can go out there and get you an easy goal just like that. In a shift, he can make something happen. He's just a magician out there, and he's rounding into form. I believe that's goals in seven straight games now for Matthews. And I also believe he's at the top of the NHL standings now for a goal scored. So move over, Tyler to Foley. There's a new sheriff in town.
1: League leader in goals, Kenny. Ten in ten snipes in 12 games. And Keith said after the game he thought Matthews could have had four or five in both of those crushing wins against the Canucks. So he's been on an absolute tear. And as you said, you know, with, with all these guys going down to injury, they lost Wayne Simmons last night with a hand injury. He he's been a thorn in the side of other opponents. And he's just injected uh, another level of competitiveness into the leaf. Something Matthew's alluded to yesterday. He has fit in very, very well on the top power play unit. Both his goals last night, Kenny, were flashbacks to his Philly days. He went bar down in tight very JVR-esque, and then he had the tip. I think he scored 85% of his goals like that in Philadelphia, so he has been a welcome addition. Let's hope the injury, the hand injury, that is, won't be too long, but hand, hand injuries are are pretty scary. Simmons is tough as a nail, so hopefully he can recover fast.
0: Yeah, he, uh, another pair of goals last night for Simmons as he continues to look good, um, really giving credence to Sheldon Keefe's decision to move him up the lineup. Um, he's looked really good for this team. And again, drops the gloves on Thursday night after the hit on Quinn Hughes. So had to answer the bell. I don't think that Ben was really in the same weight class as Hughes in that bout, but yeah, he's looked incredible for this team over the last stretch.
1: Simmons, absolutely dummy, Jordy Ben. I think he's their only scrapper, if you will, on Vancouver. He got about eight or 10 right hooks and man I was reminded yesterday on the broadcast that Simmons is only 185 pounds but he can bench like or deadlift three times his weight he's an absolute menace yeah
0: an animal in the gym and it's it's off ice conduct that's been absolutely incredible for this team like the way that he's influenced the locker room the work that he puts in off the ice and like we said he's just healthy this year over the last several seasons he hasn't really been In rounding into form like that, he's struggled with injuries. He hasn't been able to be consistently in the lineup and really find his game, but he certainly seems to be finding it this season. And that's good news for Toronto and Mitch Marner as well. He continues to impress now 20 points in 12 games, is it for Toronto? Like that's absolutely outstanding for Marner as he continues his pursuit for the top spot in the league. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to catch McDavid and Drysidle. McDavid, I believe, is uh, five or six points ahead of him at this point, but. Marner has been unreal for the Maple Leafs so far this year. And that's good news because well, last year there was all the chatter and the off season about the contract and this, that, and whether or not he's worth the money. He's been worth every penny this year.
1: He has 11 primary assists too, for Mitch Marner. So that's gotta be at least top five in the league. He's always in on the play. He looked like he was doing a acrobatical move over the back of some Vancouver defenseman yesterday, leading up to that Matthews bar down goal. But he has been, as you said, proving his worth and earning every penny to that mammoth AAV. So now the Leafs will have a day off today for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm sure they're just going to maybe have a little Zoom party and get those wings and nachos ordered pronto. but the Canucks are going to be probably watching film instead of the Super Bowl, Kenny, because they, on, they are on the verge of getting swept.
0: Yeah, and coming into, <laughs> you know, we had the poll going cooking last, last show about how many points the Leafs were going to take from the Canucks, and I honestly thought that you know the Canucks were going to show up after getting you know wiped by Montreal and
1: waxed. have as a little bit say.
0: more of a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, they got waxed by the Habs, and I thought <laughs> they were going to come in and yeah be much more competitive than this. Like I thought Toronto would be happy to take three of a possible six points, but that hasn't been the case. And now it looks like they're going to be able to take six of a possible six. I don't have any reason to believe that when they play on Monday that the Canucks are going to play differently than they have in the last two games.
1: No, I mean, they're going to be scratching tooth and nail just to try and pick up a point before heading back to Vancouver. It wouldn't be a surprise to me at the least sweep.
0: Yeah. And you know, one thing as well that I noticed last night, and this is something that we've talked about in the past as being important was they were getting the timely saves from Frederick Anderson early in the game. I believe it was one, nothing. You know, Pedersen gets the breakaway and Anderson up with the save. And that's, um, it's the stuff like that that's going to, you know, kill the momentum for the other team and give your team a little bit of a boost when you have a guy who's playing with confidence between the pipes. You would have liked to have the shutout last night in the end, but obviously wasn't, wasn't in the cards, a couple of late power plays for Vancouver. So Chelsea wasn't the happiest post game. Also in Keith's game comments, he was uh, talking about Austin Matthews in particular. And he was saying that he's dialed back the role of Austin Matthews a little bit in the last couple of games. And what he meant by that was sort of, you know, limiting his minutes a little bit more, you know, obviously when Toronto has a big lead, he's not just going to be rolling him out shift after shift. So with Keith, he's obviously Matthews isn't able to, you know, score as many goals as or get into that sort of rhythm. And he said last night that, or even against both games against the Canucks, he wouldn't have been surprised if he was rolling Matthews out for the, you know, the 24, 25 minutes, if he got four or five. So that just shows the confidence that the head coach has in this player. And I wouldn't expect anything differently moving forward. Brendan, a couple games against the Habs after this contest against Montreal on Monday. So you'll really get an opportunity to see who have been the two best teams in the Canadian division face off against each other.
1: Right. And then later in the month, they have another three-game series set against Ottawa. And, you know, we talk about so much how these points are valuable in a condensed season. You got to start snipping and gassing the weaker teams. It has to be an automatic win. Two losses, two regulation losses for the Leafs this year. One coming against the Ottawa Senators. So I'm sure they'd like to offset that and, and try and really sweep Ottawa. Because this is the time to do it. And Montreal is is nipping at their heels for top spot in Scotia North Toronto's heels. That is. All right. Should we go to around the league? Let's go. We had the first installment of the battle of Alberta. This game is always much anticipated. Lots of fireworks, not a goalie fight last night. I caught the first period, but a lot of rumblings around Sam Bennett, Kenny, because he requested a trade a week ago. And he did score last night, but it really grinds my gears when players are requesting trades when they are minus six or worse and have one assist on the season, because your trade value is awful. At least show that, you know, make yourself attractive to other teams in the league so you can be tradable. And yes, he scored, but it's almost like, thank God you scored. And it was the sixth goal last night. So If he wants out, you got to, you got to make yourself tradable.
0: Certainly for Bennett, uh, like, I'm not going to look too much into his play so far this season, because I think that a lot of it's probably the product of him not being happy in the, whether it's with the coach, whether it's with the management, you know, when it's hard to play, if you're not, you know, in an environment where you feel like you're going to be able to thrive. So I would actually say that his lack of production is probably based off the player being unhappy in his situation. Now, this is going to put Brad tree living in a difficult position because as you noted, if the player isn't producing on the ice and then the player publicly comes out and demands a trade, then that drives the price down. So he's not going to be able to find as many suitors or maybe, you know, these guys are going to feel like they have them bent over a barrel when he's trying to trade and, you know, parlay graphics or for players and also for tree living. You know, we saw, we mentioned PLD before you know, that trade was, what, two weeks ago? He, yeah. still is, he still hasn't cracked the lineup for the Winnipeg Jets. So if he does make a trade, he has to understand that it's not going to be an immediate reinforcement. It's going to be a fact where this guy is going to come in and then have to quarantine for two weeks, like unless he's already in the Canadian division, or if he's making a trade with another Canadian team, which I don't know, are you going to be more or less apt to do that this year, understanding that you're going to have to see this player, you know, Seven more times or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, it's just, it's a, not a good situation for tree living. The good news for the Flames is that they get the win over Edmonton six to four, and they're starting to try to get this thing back on the rails. You know, at this point, it's going to be Edmonton, uh, Winnipeg, and Calgary. It looks like fighting for the third and fourth playoff spots in the division.
1: You know, people are already kind of talking about, well, hey, Vertanen and Bennett were taking two picks after each other, or at least. Pardon me. Bertana was taken two picks after Bennett in 2014. Both have been scratched. Both have been off and on this season. Maybe there's a one for one swap there. But as you said, Kenny, you, like when you ask when you, when a player demands a trade, it's like, do you really want to? Do you really want to go through the hurdles right now? Like it's not so much as you said. You can make any immediate impact tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Paperwork, getting over to the respective city, quarantining. I mean, there's so many tangibles and, and things piled on where it's like, just think about it if you actually want to get out of here because you may not be seeing the ice for a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, speaking of a guy who just got the trade though, Patrick Line got his first goal for the Columbus Blue Jackets.
1: Good, thank God.
0: <laughs> Stake your claim. And, and meanwhile, like I know we talked about PLD. Did you see that picture of, you know the i think it was the Winnipeg Jets social media post of uh
1: yeah. PLD
0: sitting in Paul Maurice's office very what depleted was going on in that office
1: very depleted uh, office he, he need, you need to get in there and maybe stick up a uh, Wendell Clark plaque or something to remind Paul Maurice of the former team that's now first in the league oh
0: i just don't know like what you can't get an interior designer he has an old metal desk like there's a couple there's like a heritage classic plaque on the wall and the Winnipeg Jets logo but that is holding the office together
1: the heritage classic other than that it's garbage
0: (laughs) (laughs) there was nothing going on in there I was so surprised to see that it's just like maybe that's how they were all in Winnipeg I don't know but it wasn't very impressive
1: Paul Maurice is a pretty simple guy
0: yeah meanwhile like Boston I know we haven't really been covering the teams in the south too much but Boston is looks like an absolute wagon I know everybody thought they were going to take a step back with losing Chara and then they sent Krug out to St. Louis, but McAvoy has really assumed a really nice role there playing on the top pairing um, really looks comfortable. And certainly when you move on from players like Chara and Krug, you have to know that there's an air apparent and McAvoy is slotted in really nicely for that team, both on the power play and for playing the defensive, the big defensive minutes for that team. And David Pasternak, like every time I turn on the TV, it seems like this guy is scoring a goal. You know, wasn't it wasn't long ago that we were talking about whether or not this player was going to be able to, you know, off to a hot start after missing a couple of games from injury in the beginning. But he just looks to have picked up right where he left off from his uh, campaign for the Rocket last year.
1: I hadn't missed a beat. I mean, he missed the first couple of games due to injury. But, man, I mean, no lead is safe against the Bruins. The Leafs know that. And the rest of the league is starting to know that, too. I mean... A couple days ago, I believe the Flyers held a 3-0 or 3-1 lead. Boston comes back and wins it 4-3 easily. So they are an absolute threat in the Mass Mutual East. It's got to be the toughest division in hockey right now. I mean, everybody in that division, every team that is, I think has a a chance to make the playoffs. I
0: know we were talking about um, how you have to get the easy points against like the crappy teams before. But Montreal the other night I don't know if you saw it like dropped the contest to the Ottawa Senators as well on that was big for they the Bucs yeah they get back in the win column uh yesterday and I believe it was a 2-1 win over Ottawa but yeah it's uh it just shows that any given night you know even the worst team can beat some of the better teams um and that was ultimately the game that allowed Toronto to take over sole possession of first place so We'll really be looking forward to this upcoming series between the Canadians and the Maple Leafs. And It's not like a long series, just a pair of games, but it'll be a good opportunity to establish who the best team in the division is.
1: All right, time for a bevy, Kenny. Time to hit up the library bar.
0: Got me sitting at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her fucking car Crash that piece of shit, then guess it away. Was meant to Romance is misery so much for memories, and now I'm headed to the penitentiary. See me on TV, the next cop series. I am a danger. I guess I should have did something about my anger, but I never learned. Real Jose that Canseco. Receive, is that correct? Is, is to your boy? Yeah. Sure. He's, He's a good follow on Twitter. Anyways, I'm not a big Barstool fan, but it was hard to miss the clips of the rough and rowdy fight between Jose Canseco and I don't even know who the hell he was fighting some other guy who's like 30 pounds anyways Canseco has the guy by probably about 40 pounds and probably about 25 years and he just absolutely got his ass kicked in about the first 40 minutes or 40 seconds rather of the fight ending up uh, going out by was it TKO is that what they call it yeah, like he he just was like, nah, I can't do it. I don't know. He had like a shoulder thing. <laughs> it was a complete disaster for Conseco, and you know, I feel for this guy. Just trying to have an opportunity to climb back into the limelight. Uh, in the meantime, he's just been signing autographs at you know, Conseco's you know, whatever car wash in Las Vegas. So this guy has an opportunity to be on the national stage again. Just gets his ass kicked by some bar stool, you know, crony. What a complete disaster for Conseco. So. Certainly he's going to be having a couple of cocktails trying to forget the humiliation that he faced on the national stage.
1: I'm going to go with Jalen Chatfield on the Vancouver Canucks. He was a minus four last night and man, he just had an awful, awful game before the Zach Hyman goal. He should have touched the puck to force the play dead on the offside. Didn't Leafs go back the other way. Tic-tac-toe back in the net. Later, he starts to play on his own, tries to enter the blue line, calls offside. I don't know if you saw Jake Muzzin kind of smirk at him and said, yeah, good job on that. Blows it twice. And then he gets just blown by in the giveaway miscommunication between Brayden Holpe and JT Miller. He just had an awful game. I know he was undrafted, a little hard on the guy. I haven't seen him before, but I guess Travis Green thought I'll insert him into the, the bottom pairing. And yikes, he's definitely having a few bevies to... Uh, Get away from that loss and just put it behind them.
0: Come to think of it, was he the guy that got danced by Matthews on the first goal?
1: I think he got danced. Yeah, I think, I think it was him. Yeah,
0: yeah, could, yeah. What's well, <laughs> just... for, for first first game? What do you, minus what do you say four. That's first... all you gotta say. My yeah, that's too chilly. That's not a great great night. And I know plus minus stack gets blown out proportion, but. I got to tell you, when you're looking at the box score and you just see, you know, minus four, minus five, something like that on there, it just jumps right off the page. So maybe not all his fault, but certainly in the wrong place for the wrong time for Chatfield. And, uh, you know, the stats don't lie at the end of the day. Minus four is too chilly. And if you continuously do that, you aren't going to find yourself in the league for very long.
1: All right, time for a tweet of the day. I'm going back to Christian Shilton, not a surprise because she gets the best sound bites here, but it's regarding Justin Hall. So, Justin Hall was asked about his long locks because he's looking like Tarzan lately. And then he said, That's very personal. And then obviously joked and said, I put a lot, I put like a year of work into growing it out. And then obviously you can't cut it after that. So, I decide to keep it going. It's kind of out of control. I have no idea what I'm doing. I think at this point, Justin Hall just has to keep it if he's superstitious because. The Leafs are 8-1-1 in the last 10. So let's keep the Tarzan locks, Justin Hall.
0: All right. Well, my tweet's actually going to be a tweet from Elliot Friedman this morning, and it's not really good news for Maple Leaf fans. Um, Freach tweeting out, not liking what I'm hearing on Wayne Simmons could be six weeks. Just brutal was having such a strong season in a return home. Man, this is brutal news as the Leafs continue to get plagued by the injury bug in their forward group.
1: That is a, a huge blow if that's the timeline, just because he's been such a ferocious competitor and has finally finally found a new home. I mean, he was the guy in Philly and then he got kind of bounced around. He was a suitcase for a little bit. Didn't really like what he had to to deal with in Buffalo. Then he got next to or then he got moved to New Jersey. So yikes. I mean, I saw on the bench that he got he was getting his uh freezing on his hand just to try and do like a makeshift and get back out there but yikes that would be a huge blow because that's news to me
0: yeah it's not great and you know the good news for the Leafs is that from the timetables that were tweeted out earlier this week or the original timetable Sheldon keep confirming that the rest of the injuries are on schedule so that would mean that the Leafs should potentially expect Nick Robertson back by the end of this week and Thornton back by the middle of next week so that'll bring some relief to the forward group but you know this is a, this is a team that's just been bitten not just by injuries that are affected them for a couple of days but to long-term injuries once you start talking about four weeks you know six weeks that's LTIR territory so awful awful news for the for the leafs that this player's out of the lineup there isn't really a an equatable player on the taxi squad there isn't like an equatable player in the organization for that matter that's going to bring the same things as Simmons does with that grit that determination the ability to drop the gloves So certainly hoping a speedy recovery to the Wayne train, but that's devastating news for Toronto.
1: Just one little footnote regarding Toronto's depth, Kenny. Nick Patan, great decision by Sheldon Keith and company to slide him into the bottom six. He had a beautiful sauce pass on Spezza's second goal en route to his Hattie going 2006 Spezza on Thursday night. And he, he's looked great. I'd like to see more of him in the, in the bottom six on the fourth line. He can, he can add a lot of grit and a lot of speed. Yeah, and we
0: forgot to give our props to Jason Spezza who got the hattie on Thursday night. Probably Huge. buried the lead on that one. But yeah, he uh, really turned back the clock in that performance. Looked like circa 2012 Jason Spezza rather than 2021. But congratulations to him. And I'm with you. Nick Patan uh, looked good on that fourth line. And he doesn't have to do everything with you know, lowered minutes there and playing with some other offensively talented players. But on that one pass where that was highlighted on the broadcast where he just sauced it right through the middle, right onto Spez's twig. And then Spez came in and just roofed it like unreal. Yeah. So I've liked what I've seen out of him. I've liked what the hell that fourth line, fourth line looked with Boyd, Spezza, and Patan. But now you figure with the injury to Simmons, Sheldon Keefe is going to have to shuffle up this forward corpse again to try to find some groups that look good and provide some depth scoring
1: well Kenny I didn't think we'd make it here but we have Super Bowl Sunday on the horizon Chiefs bucks I got money on the Chiefs baby goat 40 bucks keep it pretty small who you got uh, I
0: like the money line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they're the underdogs I usually only bet the money line if I like the underdog um, but do I think that who's gonna do I think it's gonna win I think probably you gotta give the edge to Kansas City, and Mahomes is just absolutely loved, Uh that offense. He has so many weapons, and I know that on the other side, people will point to Antonio Brown, and they'll point to Gronkowski, who you know is a little bit long in the tooth for his career. But it's gonna be a tremendous matchup. Uh, gun to my head, I pick Kansas City. I think to win the game outright. But if I'm throwing my money down, I'm gonna take the Bucks money line, and uh, also orange. My sources say for the Gatorade color. On the coach's shower. So that might be a prop bet to look into uh, Orange Gatorade. You heard and it here first.
1: There's prop bets for virtually everything and anything. It just gets insane. But I'm going to be uh, <laughs> locked into the Australian Open as I'm getting set for that tournament with TSN. So I'll be locked in watching Bianca, Felix, Chappell, all the Canadians. So it's going to be a great tourney. It's two weeks.
0: Good luck, all the Canadian players. Uh, they've gone through a lot to this tournament. I believe they had to be quarantined in a hotel for two weeks to make sure that that's all clear of the virus so yeah big sacrifice to make for the players and it's now an opportunity to showcase their skill set on one of the bigger stages of tennis so good luck to everybody involved
1: cheers kenny cheers